0: I wonder, what did Mary know? Have you ever thought about that? Did she have any idea that her son would walk on water? Did she have any idea that he would heal the blind, that he would cause those that couldn't speak to speak and to hear? Did she have any idea that her son would hang out with sinners and he would be rejected by the religious people? Did Mary have any idea that her son would bring somebody back to life just by saying, come forth? I wonder, did Mary have any idea that one day her son would die for her sin to be the savior of the world? And then a few days later that he would rise again from the grave to be the redeemer. Maybe as you walked in here this morning, I wonder what do you do with the Christmas story, the story of the baby Jesus? Maybe some of you, as you came in here this morning, you're a little skeptical. Hey, that's okay, because this is a church where we want to help you in your spiritual journey as you seek to understand who God is. It's okay to be skeptical here. But maybe there's some of you that are here today and you've heard the Christmas story hundreds of times. You've heard about the birth of Jesus, but you've maybe kind of taken it for granted and, and, and it, it really doesn't continue to seek in. Maybe that's where you are today. But whatever you are in your spiritual journey, wherever you are with the baby Jesus, it is is our prayer today that you will find hope this Christmas. We've been in that series called Delivered, and this morning we're going to talk about hope delivered. And as we look at some different things that Mary said in the Bible, she spoke seven different times in Scripture. And I believe as we look at those things and listen to what she said, maybe you and I can understand who she is. You see, I had Ariel read that passage of scripture that she read so eloquently because I wanted you to realize that there there was a young girl standing there that's 13 years old that's almost 14. Gang, that is the age of the mother of Jesus when she was told What was going to happen to her? Isn't that amazing? So I want you to think about that as we look through the story, as we find hope at Christmas. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we are here right now lifting you up, Father God. Father, for those that have heard this story hundreds of times and it's just become a story, maybe, Father God, will you bring it to life this morning and we realize that there is hope At Christmas, there is hope in you, Jesus. And Father, for that that person that's seeking and searching and trying to find you, but doesn't understand it, it's not there yet. Father God, may your Holy Spirit speak to them and comfort them. And may they feel your presence today as they've already felt it. And Father, may they be drawn to you. And Father God, we give you glory and honor and praise for every single thing that you do in our life. In your holy name we pray. Amen. This morning, once again, I said we're going to talk about hope delivered. You see, in one single moment, the life of that young girl changed. In one single moment, her whole outlook changed when the angel Gabriel came to speak to her. And let's look at some of what he said to her. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. This young 13 or 14-year-old virgin from Nazareth, the scripture says she's confused and, and she's troubled and afraid. Can you guys identify with that? When you realize how young she was? You see, we had our first child when I was almost 35 years old, okay? We had been married almost 10 years and didn't know for sure if we were going to be able to have children. And, and we had gone to eat. I can remember it like it's today. And we had gone to eat at Dimitri's down here on 290. And I noticed there was just something different about Kim. She was, you know, there was just something happening there. And so we got out in the car and she pulls out a cassette tape. Now I started to bring one just so some of you would know what they look like, okay? For some of you, that's a strange thing, all right? And she puts this cassette tape in the cassette player. And and all of a sudden, the song begins to play by Amy Grant called Baby, Baby, Shannon. You've probably heard the song. And, you know, I'm dumb as a box of rocks. So I'm like, that's a good song, honey. I like that. And she says, listen to the words. And I'm thinking, okay, that's that's a really good song, honey. I like Amy Grant. And then she points to her belly. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh. No way. It can't be. I was so excited. It was just, I, I can't tell you how excited that the feeling, you know, was when I found out both, both of our children were coming. Let me tell you what I also felt. Fear. I, I was scared to death. I had been a student minister and been telling people how to raise their kids because I never had one. And now I was fixing to have one. And she will tell you, it just scared me to death. I can understand how Mary felt confused and afraid. And I was 34. The angel Gabriel comes to her and he's proclaiming God's plan and God's purpose for her. And basically what he was saying, he was asking her to join in what he was doing. Now, how many times has God made a motion in your life, but you failed to embrace that motion? You failed to accept the invitation. You see, what happened to Mary happens to every one of us. God comes to us again and again and gives us an motion, gives us an opportunity. He opens the door. Mary's first words were words of rejection. Have you ever thought about that? The first thing, the first way she responded was, but how can this be? I am a virgin. Basically, she says like you and I do. No way, God. No way. It can't be. This teenage Jewish maiden, her first words were words of rejection. Well, let's look at our second words here. Let's look what else she said. Look at the second thing. Mary accepted the invitation. And Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In other words, let it be as you say. What if Mary had said no? It would have ended God's purpose and plan for her life. It would not have ended God's plan because God would have found somebody else. But Mary accepted the invitation and that made all the difference in the world. You see, when we accept, excuse me, when we accept God's invitation, we never know what God's going to do. We never know what is in that moment. God makes opportunities in our life every single day. And we have to accept the invitation. We have to respond to what he's saying. Now, let me tell you something. When when God makes an invitation into your life, bells aren't going to go off and alarms aren't going to ring. And and you're not going to receive a text or an Instagram that says, this is your moment. Okay? That's not what's going to happen. We never know when God is about to do something big in our life. I believe God makes opportunities in our lives every single day. We just have to step into it. We have to accept the invitation. This morning, I think we can learn a lot about Mary. In fact, I think we can learn a lot about hope this morning. Because when we look at the life of Mary and we look at these seven times that she speaks, I believe there's a lot of hope that can be found. The next thing I want you to see this morning is that there is hope in life's surprises. There is hope in life surprises. Can I ask you a question? Are there any surprises in your life right now? Are there any surprises in your family? Are there any surprises in your relationships? Are there any surprises in your career? Can I tell you where God is? I believe God is right in the middle of your surprises. I believe God is right there in that surprise in your life. It's not surprised him. It may surprise you, but I believe there is hope in life's surprises. Look what the scripture says here in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, I pray that God, who the source of hope, Okay, so he's the source of our hope. You see, it makes all the difference in the world what the source of your hope is. If the source of your hope is a relationship, if the source of your hope is a career, if the source of your hope is a habit, then then that is going to let you down at some time or another. So your hope is dependent on the source of your hope. Look what happens. Look what the scripture says. The source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. The source is God Himself. The power comes from His Holy Spirit. Listen to me this morning. God is the source of new beginnings in your life. Can I ask you a question? How did Mary move from no way? It cannot be to let it be. Did that just happen? No, it was hope. Hope is what brought her that point. Hope is what brought her to that situation. Hope was what enabled her to respond to what the angel Gabriel said. This morning... Some of you have heard those words, that invitation, and your response has been no way. But the difference between no way, what will lead you to let it be, is hope. That's the link. That's the link of where God wants to move in your life. That's the source, it's the bridge. Hope is the source. And the Holy Spirit is the one that builds on that. Look what hope is. Hope is a confident, joyful expectation that something is going to happen. You see, we can have a confident, joyful expectation that something good is going to happen in the midst of God's surprises. And that surprise in your life right now, there can be joyful confident expectation. Is that how you're looking at that situation in your life? In that no way to be let it be, there can be confidence, joyful expectation. Look what the scripture says here in Hebrews 11 chapter 1. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. You see, hope Puts action into our faith. Hope has to come before faith. Hope is the launching point of our faith. Hope is what leads us to do what God needs to do in our life. It comes through hope. Some of you this morning probably walked in here and you feel hopeless. You feel like you've lost your hope. Or maybe you walked in here and and, and your, your hope is weak. Let me tell you something, you can't step out in faith until you have the hope. The hope is that bridge in our life. Hope gives you the courage to move on in spite of your fear. Hope enables us to accept the invitation. Hope enables us to open the door and to step in that God has given us. The next time that we hear Mary speak it's basically uh, the angel has come and he's talking about Zechariah and her cousin Elizabeth you see Elizabeth as the bible says was up in age okay in other words she was too old to have a child okay and and Zechariah had been praying that they would have a child And so the angel of God comes to him and says, your wife is going to have a child. And Zechariah does a lot like you and I do when we have a prayer and we really don't expect God to answer it. Then he he does and we say, no way. That's what Zechariah did. He said, there's no way we can have a child. We're way past childbearing age. And what does the angel of God do? The angel of God strikes him and he cannot speak. Now, some of you ladies out there, you would like, I could use that a little bit in my household. I wouldn't mind that if God would do that to my husband. I don't know. I'm just saying, okay? But that's basically what happened. Here's this this lady beyond childbearing age, and, and here's this young virgin, and they both have become pregnant by a miraculous conception. And so Mary finds... Someone who can understand her. Look what the scripture says here. A few days later, Mary heard to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The next thing that we see in this passage of scripture is that there is hope in community. There is hope in community. You see, Mary is still afraid. She's still confused. She's only 13 or 14 years old. And, And even though the angel of the Lord came to her, and even though she said, let it be, there's still an amount of fear there. So she finds someone that understands her. She finds someone that's going through what she's going through. And I believe what the Bible says here is that she finds community. Because community is a place where believers come and and meet and and share your pain and, and share your sorrow. You see, you can have confident, joyful expectation in community. This was divine timing, I believe. This past week, we were watching some of the, uh, I guess, sitcoms on Netflix about Dolly Parton, okay? In other words, Shannon, she's taken some of her songs and they've made movies out of them, okay? And it's some great shows. And there was this one particular show and there was this lady on there that was kind of self-righteous and she had kind of made a self-righteous statement to someone that was struggling spiritually And in the midst of that statement, she said to this person that she had offended, she says, I'm a Christian, but I have flaws. I'm a Christian, but I have flaws. We need to have shirts that say that. At four points, we're Christians, but we have flaws. Can I tell you something? Four points is a church for people that have flaws. Four points is a church for you to come to if you're weak and and you're struggling and and life's not working out. That's what four points is for. You see, we're not for the chosen frozen, okay? That's not what we are. We're flawed. And it's okay for you to walk in that door there and be flawed. Flawed. That's what community is all about. See, I'm talking about community groups, maybe life groups, where you can go and be real when you can say, it's not working for me. I blew it this week. I'm struggling in this area. I need some help. It ain't happening. I don't feel God's presence. This next year, we're going to be continuing with some of our community groups. And we're going to be starting some new community groups. And I want to encourage you, if you don't make any other New Year's resolution in the world, could you make a New Year's resolution or New Year's challenge that you would be part of a community group at Four Points Church? Just give it a try. We also do community when we serve together. When you serve on a team here, you're doing community. There's a number of you out there. We'd love to have you serve somewhere. We need you. We need you to be part of what's going on here. And you can find community when you serve. There is hope in community. In community, there is a confident, joyful expectations. Look what happens here. Look what happens after Mary goes to Elizabeth's home. Look what this 13 or 14-year-old girl writes in the scripture. Look at her joyful expectation. Oh, my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of this lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. And he shows mercy from generation to generation. Mary was filled with praise. She found hope in community with Elizabeth. Maybe you can understand that. But maybe you're here this morning and, and that's not necessarily what you're experiencing. Maybe you're like Mary in this next situation and what she says. Jesus is 12 years old, okay? And they go to a Passover celebration. And the Bible says they had been to the celebration. They're on their way home. In fact, it says they had been about a day's journey. And they didn't realize that Jesus was with them. Now, I want you to think about that just a minute, Mama. You have been entrusted with the Son of God. And you can't find him. I bet she blamed it on Joseph. You were supposed to get him. You know? You agree with me, Morgan? I think so, yeah. I bet that's what she did. How many of you have ever left your child at church? Huh? Yeah, we did. We have done that before. We thought somebody else had him. I don't remember exactly how it happened. I thought maybe it was his aunt, and his mama thought it was me, and I thought it was her, and we get home, and I don't even remember if it was him or Evan, but I just know we did it. It was me. Yeah, see, she's blaming it on me. So I go back, and the other pastor's there. said, yep, you left them here. And said, yeah, there was a visitors here. And and they, you know, said to to, to them, said, well, my daddy left me. And they said, well, who's your daddy? Well, he's the pastor. I don't know if I want to come back to this church or not. Yeah. Don't judge me, please. I'm going to find some community here. Notice what the scripture says here. Look at it. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Guys, can you imagine three whole days? Huh? I, I bet... Mary was about on cardiac arrest or something. She probably needed oxygen. Three days they lost Jesus. wonder if there's any symbolism in that. But his mother said to him, look what she says to him. Why have you done this to us? Why have you done this to us? We have been frantically looking for you. We've been searching for you everywhere. Here's the next thing I want you to see this morning. There is hope in your confusion. There is hope in your confusion. There is joyful hope in your confusion. There's a joyful, confident expectation when you're facing confusion. Somebody here today is wrestling with confusion. Who is it? You're wrestling with some confusion in your life. You're wrestling with what God is doing. We've all been there. Let's be honest. Don't throw any stones here. You're wondering right now, what in the world, God, are you doing in my life? God, why did you let this happen? God, why am I going through this? God, where are you? That's exactly what she said. God, where are you? God, I thought you were here. God, I didn't think you'd ever let this happen to me. Listen to me this morning. God is right in the middle of your confusion. God is right in the middle of what you're going through. He's not confused about it. He knows about it. That is where God is doing a work in your life, in the middle of your confusion. Maybe you've lost hope this morning. Maybe you feel hopeless. God is right in the middle of what you're going through. Don't lose Christ this Christmas. He wants to birth something great in you. Now here's what I think is the funny thing, the ironic thing. Where did they lose Jesus? They lost him in the midst of a religious celebration. You see, we don't just lose Him in the midst of an addiction or some immoral relationship or something that we don't need to be doing. We can lose Jesus in the midst of a religious celebration. We can lose Jesus right in the midst of one of the most most spiritual times of the year. Because of our confusion. So where did they find Jesus? Right where they left Him. He was right where they left Him. I want to speak to some of you this morning, and Jesus is right where you left him. Just go back to where you left him. He didn't leave them, they left him. And the scripture says they got so far away and didn't even really realize that he was gone. I'm speaking to somebody this morning. Where's Jesus? Where have you left him? Go back to where you left him. Examine yourself this morning and and ask yourself, how long has it been since, since you embraced your relationship with Jesus Christ? When was the last time you felt his presence? Where did you leave him? He's still there. What was the response that Jesus gave to Mary and Joseph? He said, I've been about my father's business. Watch this. Whatever you're going through in your life, whatever that confusion is, Jesus wants to say to you, I'm about my Father's business in the midst of the confusion that you're facing with what you're dealing with. He's doing His Father's business in your life. Will you respond to what He's doing? Fast forward with me 18 years. Jesus has probably left home now, He's definitely a young man. And Mary's last words are recorded in the book of John. The Bible says there's a wedding festival. And and back in biblical days, a wedding festival didn't last a day or two, okay? It lasted a whole week, seven days. And Joe's over shaking his head saying, ain't no way I could take it. Couldn't happen. And, And part of the wedding festival, guys, let's just be honest, it was a pretty big party. Okay, And the scripture says that after three days they ran out of wine. That would be very, very embarrassing because whoever the host was, he invited his guest and they were thinking that if they came to that wedding that they could have you know, their wine for a whole week. But the story says they ran out of wine. Now let's look at that. On the third day, there was a wedding at Canaan in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his 12 disciples. Maybe that's why they ran out of wine. I don't know. I'm just throwing that in there, okay? When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, mom, what does that have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Don't forget those words. Those may be the most powerful words that Mary ever spoke. I was listening to someone Preach about five or six weeks ago, and he was talking about mary and and, and he kind of sparked uh, i guess some some i don 't know just some thought in my mind and and I, and I began to kind of do some observation in my mind i 'm wondering if the reason that that mary basically Looked at Jesus and said, They have no wine. I'm kind of wondering if, in the home of Mary and Joseph, if there were some weird things that might have happened. Okay? Will you think with me here? We just use your imagination. This is not in scripture. It's just something as I think about it, I think it could have happened. maybe Jesus was at a birthday party with his brothers or sisters and and everybody's swimming in the lake and and Mary looks out there and she calls Jesus over there and says, come here, son, come here. Get out there and swim like the other boys and quit walking on that water. People are going to start talking. (laughs) Or maybe their their favorite pet, Moses, their, their favorite donkey, all of a sudden just flops over. And, and Mary said, Jesus, you've got to do something about that. He says, Mom. She pulls the birth card. I had you. You know what I'm talking about? Look over there at your sisters. They're just crying. They, their heart's broken. This is their, their favorite pet. Moses follows them around town. You've got to do something. Mom. And one of just maybe goes over there and he touches Moses and says, he's just sleeping. And Moses stands up. I, I, I just think something like that, that could have happened maybe. But, but those of you that are newlyweds here, do we have any newlyweds? If you do, I'm going to give you some free advice and I'm not even going to charge you for it, okay? Sometimes, <clears throat> okay, a female will speak and make a statement and expect you to know what she's asking, okay? Okay? So you just need to learn that, all right? Guys, I'm going to help you a little bit right here. I'm just going to, I've been married almost 35 years, okay? Women don't just come out and say what they want. Now, my mama would go back to this passage of Scripture here, and she would say they have no wine. She says that's a biblical thing. I don't know if it really is or not for a woman to speak in statements and not in questions. But basically, she she looks at Jesus and says they have no wine, and and he's he's supposed to know what she's saying. Let me ask you something, men. Have you ever gone home and thrown your shoes down, and either your mother or your wife says, are those your shoes? Hmm? Or, my car's out of gas. Okay? That really means I need you to put some gas in my car. That's what that means. Okay? That's what that means. That's, that's what it means. Or you're going out to the door. You're going to go work out or go do something. And your wife says, we don't have any milk. See, we're dumb as a box of rocks. That doesn't measure to us, okay? So you come back a few hours later and she says, where's the milk? <laughs> what do you mean? I told you we didn't have any milk. Why couldn't you just say, we don't have no milk. Will you get some milk? <laughs> Ladies, you need to help us, Okay. All right, you need to interpret those statements because sometimes, you know, our elevator doesn't even get past the first floor, all right? We need some help. Seriously, this may be the most important words that Mary ever said. Because it's the source of our hope. It's where that joyful, confident expectation comes from. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Those words she spoke over 2,000 years ago are still speaking to us today through the Word of God. If you want to find hope this Christmas, if you want God to birth something in you, here's God's Word to you today. Whatever He tells you to do, do it. Whatever God has told you to do, step into it. Instead of saying no way, say let it be. Jesus Listen to his mother and basically she followed up with just do whatever he says. And the Bible says that he told the men standing there with him to go get the water pots and fill them with water. You see, they weren't just any old water pots. They were purification pots. They were part of a Jewish Ritual in a sense. And and they were what people used to wash with. Because in biblical days, they would wash the outside, but just totally forget about what was on the inside. So when Jesus told them to fill the water pots up with water, and, and and he turned it into wine. That was symbolic of the new covenant. That was symbolic that the old covenant was gone, that Jesus Christ had stepped on the scene and and he had new wine for you and me. He was replacing that empty bucket. He was replacing those Jewish rituals, those those traditions there. And he was saying, I've got new wine for you. I'm going to fill your life with my blood, the new wine so that you can experience me, so that you can know me like you've never known me before. Listen to me this morning. The Holy Spirit of God is wanting to fill you with new wine. The Holy Spirit of God is wanting to step into your life, step into your heart, and wanting you to receive what He's got for you. There may be somebody here this morning. You have never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He wants to give you a new life. The Bible says the old has passed away. As I was thinking this this week, it it was like God just said to me, Stephen, there's going to be somebody at Four Points Church this next week that's struggling with suicide. It's an epidemic in our world. There may be, I may be speaking to you this morning. God is telling you he's not done with you. You have hope. He wants to fill you with new wine. Don't look in the rearview mirror. Look forward this morning. You see, you can look in the rearview mirror and you can back up. You may never hit nothing, but you're never going to get anywhere. Who is God speaking to today? Who is God speaking to? I want you just to bow your heads with me as we close this service out. I wonder if you're here today and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You've heard about God or or maybe you came in as skeptical, but, but you realize that the Holy Spirit of God has spoke to you and you're ready to embrace Him this morning. You're ready to enter into a relationship with Him. If that's you this morning, if you're ready for Jesus to step out of heaven and step into your life, if you're ready to receive that new wine, would you just look up at me if you're not looking around? Just look up at me and put your hand up so we'll know that. Is there anybody here today? Would you just look at me or put your hand up so we'll know that? Anybody here in this service? Thank you. Maybe you're here today, guys. And you're that person that's feeling hopeless, that has a relationship with Jesus Christ. But you need that new wine this morning. You need a new touch. You need a new anointing of God. You need no way to be filled with let it be. As the worship team sings this song this morning, may you worship with them. May you just lift the name of God up. Maybe you need to go back there on the cross that's in the back and and take a piece of paper and write a note to God. Maybe you need to come down here and pray or or you need to pray there in your seat. Whatever you need to do this morning, it's our prayer that God will move in each and every individual heart here this morning. Heavenly Father, we, we lift you up. We praise you. We thank you that we can have hope in you We thank you, Father, that you don't give up on us, Lord Jesus. You don't turn your back on us, Father. You're right where we left you. And that, God, you're working in our life. Heavenly Father, we pray that we will receive that new wine this morning. That fresh presence. That fresh anointing. That new life, Father God. That that old life will be passed away. In your holy and powerful name. In the name of Jesus. The name above all names we pray. Amen.